Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, wow! Gilbert Burns wanted a changing of the guard, and perhaps we just got it. Call me, call Vuitton. You're gonna see me. I'm gonna beat you up. You're lucky we're on ESPN. Your winner, Gilbert Burns. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Matt is still working from his bunker in Long Island, and I am still working from my place. I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to just seeing a big screen with you on it. It's getting like this is just the way we do it now. Well, hopefully not for too long, Jimmy. Right. I mean, you know, I, I miss I miss the everyday life, which is uh, – don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm making the best out of this whole thing. Bike rides with the family. Uh a lot of VR. I'm getting some shit from my wife a little bit. Have you been well, doing I mean, that I, bike well, rides? I, I, well, bike rides, yes. That's not no shit. I, I get no right. shit from that. It's a family thing. But, you know, my wife, I feel bad because she has to be like the school teacher now. Like, literally, yeah. she has to. And I'm no help with that. Let's be honest. I mean, I'll have my kid. I'll read a book with my kid. She'll read to me. But I'm not doing that fucking common core shit. And I'm not doing yeah. it. I'm not Can't. fucking with it. Nah, I barely got through myself. I'm not. Helping my kids with that. They, I, I'm there for, you know, I'll be there for, uh, you know, support. But my wife, she handles that shit. Yeah. So I feel bad because she's doing that. And what can I do? I'm in the house. There's only so much you could do. So I'm on my PR and I'm murking fools, man. I'm fucking ranked. (laughs) Jimmy, it's fun. It is fun. I got people hitting me up all the time asking me about the, I got to get a sponsorship and I'm trying to get on Twitch so I can, that way at least I can tell my wife, hey, honey. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. God, that's fun, though. Oh, me and my buddy Genova went on a killing spree last night. You did. I mean, Jimmy, I'm telling you, it is the future, Jimmy. Because right sure. now, you see how we are? You could just you could just socialize, man. Run around. Go on missions. Yeah. Does that sound like just a little boy? A no, man-child? it sounds like the future of where we're going. And, you know, the next time a big pandemic comes, maybe it won't be for 50 years, but we'll already be in such a heavy VR world. We'll probably just be in our houses most of the time, avoiding touching. Even sex with strangers we'll do through computers. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to that. That's not even both. I hope I'm alive for that. I don't even think that's cheating. No, it's not. No? It's not. No, if you fuck someone, you can unplug them when you're finished. It's not counted uh, as being uh, you haven't cheated. You can unplug somebody after you fuck them. It's, it's okay. It's not cheap. It's okay now. That's gonna be that's gonna be all future uh, side pieces. It's gonna be robots. I agree. What do you? Let me ask you, Matt. Now there's recent developments uh, that this travel ban from Russia. When I first heard of that, I'm like, it's Russia. Are you gonna tell me if Putin doesn't want Habib to leave, he can't let him leave? And then all of a sudden they come out and they say some. Uh, I guess private company is saying they can fly him out privately. So Habib can probably leave Russia. So this fight with Ferguson may still be on. Um, they're talking about Justin Gaethje filling in, which I would also love to see. But uh, maybe Habib, uh, Tony Ferguson is still a possibility. I mean, I don't even know if they know. I mean, I mean, it's what, what's the date again for this fight? April 18th? 18th. April 18th. Yeah. I mean, what is it? A few weeks away. I mean, 
They got to know soon. They got to know soon, man. They got to know soon, yeah. But there's also, they can, it's saying here, the uh, local federal air transport agency said that uh, there's no restrictions for business aviation on departures from Russia. It's kind of like here, like for work, you can leave. So there's a way for him to get out of Russia. So I have a feeling Habib will be able to get out if he wants. Uh, And then Dana said every time he gets something figured out, he wakes up the next day and everything has changed. And, um, so we'll see. I mean, I mean, let's. He, he is relentless with getting this done. Dana wants this fight to happen. So let's just see what happens. I mean, I'm there's, really hoping. There's so many uh, people in limbo, in both yep. in the fight world and just the world world and everything. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like right now, like we said, Jimmy, we're making the most of it. We're getting by, and it's almost like you're getting a little. Uh, a little breather from everyday life. A little, ah, a little. Like I don't know. Like everything. Like I love spending time with my family. Last night we were playing Uno, and you play Uno? The card game? No, it's fun. Yeah, I haven't played in a long time. Um, I, I, I haven't played since I was a kid, but now my yeah. kids are playing it. So I don't know, dude. We're having fun, video games, bike rides. But you know, it starts to get real when I got to look into the uh, hitting up my bank and finding out about loans for my schools and. I mean, it gets weird, Jimmy. Like, I, I got, you know, everybody's, but but then again, whenever I start to, not, I never get freaked out. I got, I'm pretty cool and calm and collective, but yeah. I, I get a little uncertain of certain things in the future. I'm like, all right, you know what? The whole, that's not just my town or me and this Long Island. It's the fucking world. The whole planet. That's yeah. The whole planet is in this. So, you know, fuck my rents, you know? I don't know. I'm gonna just. I'm playing everything by year. I'm I'm taking it a day by day, and you know, that's kind of all you can do. I mean, because uh, Trump said we're gonna have a couple of rough weeks, which we kind of knew anyway. Everyone knew that this thing is gonna peak in the middle of April with with as far as the numbers. You know, people who've had it for a few. So we all kind of knew these next two weeks or three weeks are gonna really suck, and then hopefully after that we'll start to see a little bit of improvement. But the next month is gonna be rough. Maybe a month or so. I mean, I don't know. I heard that like following, following like where it was in China, how it started, and now how they started going back to regular life. Like, like yeah. I heard it was like if they we follow that type of timeline, they're saying that some people are saying like July. So I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, but the thing is, this it will pass. It sure. will eventually. Yeah. It will. Man, again, this is something that none of us, you know, ever dealt with. Nothing. I mean, right? Nothing even close, Jimmy. What was close? SARS. The swine. That was more in Asia. I don't think that was here. You know, and you still see Asian people a lot of times in the states. I guess who have the the mental hangover from those days, wearing um, masks and all that. And I always assume that that was kind of a a remnant of of when SARS happened a couple years ago, whatever that was. So I guess all of us will be doing it. And medical professionals keep saying, "Well, we don't know if masks help." Of course they fucking help. There's just not enough of them. I mean, of course a mask doesn't suck. I mean, if you're going to wear a mask, is going to be helpful. It's not going to hurt you. Man, as we say that, I'm thinking of Gilbert Burns' just masterpiece, that performance he had versus Damian Maya. That's how my mind works. Because I know he's going to be calling. Because I was just replaying it, and uh, Damian was having a good fight. He was doing everything he wanted to do in that fight. But Gilbert had, he made it enough. Of a, he, he made it enough of a jiu-jitsu match. Instead of just trying to get back up, he would match him with enough techniques where he's uh, enough, uh, to make Damien counter Gilbert's moves. And next thing you know, Gilbert's back up. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, it was way different than a guy just fighting to get back up to his feet. He had to match him to a certain point, not beat him on the floor, but just positionally and in the transitions with it, with his own um, uh, escapes and his timing, whether Matt, whether Damien was on his back with both hooks or about to get mounted, his timing with these transitions was so crucial and pinpoint that anything less, Maya would have had another submission on anybody less, yeah. anybody less skilled than than the way Gilbert was. Uh, I'll tell you, man. I mean, I was so impressed. And then the way yeah. he got up, I want to talk to him about because it was nice. Henry Hoof, Hoofed. I love saying it. Hoofed. It's Hoofed. hoofed. Uh, he, 
he he said just with that after he throws that jab, he throws that jab out as a feeler. Just that's right. What do you say? Just count, come back and counter up with a jab with a lead hook, a lead left hook, and it and he goes and just think speed, not power. And the way he landed that, and then just knew he knew when he landed that Jimmy, it was over. But he and that was the first down. round, right? For some reason, I keep thinking second round, but I know it's the first round. No, it was the first round, but it, it was, was a, it was a whirlwind of a round because Maya was doing what Maya does, and he was just on him, and it was just. It was just like split. It was really, I'm going to say it was muscle memory. I want to ask him about the training for that fight with the worst positions and knowing, I like his belief in letting his hands go and his strikes go, knowing that Damien get a uh, that Damien might can get a hold of him and not not letting that freeze him up where it does a lot of well did he did he have faith in his ability to get up because most guys don't get up like that against damian maya and did was he confident enough to know we're going to wind up on the floor and i know i'll be able to get back up uh if i want to get back up most guys don't have that confidence even if they say they do against damian maya yeah but but gilbert burns is that he's also he's a he's a high level black belt brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and uh, again he does a lot of competitions i remember he was in the uh the quintet recently that's what that that thing on fight pass where it was like team versus team versus team and you gotta if you win a match you got another guy waiting for you you gotta is that your Ryan Faber's thing no uh he was in it he was in oh, he was in it. Okay. yes he was in a quintet I believe I'm I'm 99% sure yeah you know there's so many new things we had Chael Sonnen's uh right. mission underground the other day did fun. he actually do it yeah yeah they did it I they did some it. it's fun uh, good for him you know yeah I mean, we need some, some, some things that take our mind off all this madness. You know, yeah. that's why, you know, some people are hating on Dana for putting this, for trying to, to let the show go on. But he's trying to do it the right way. Yeah. Fuck, man, I wanna, I wanna watch a fight. Of you know what I mean? The breakup. Some of the interested to ask what Gilbert, uh, because you know that the UFC Brasilia was the first fight without an audience. And it's like, what was it like fighting in an empty arena? Um, I, it didn't seem to affect anybody. Uh, maybe just as somebody watching it, but it seems like once you're in the middle of a fight, that's all you're thinking of. Oh, speaking of that card, uh, Longo uh, disagrees with me on the Kevin Lee thing. He thinks What's that Kevin, Kevin thing? about Kevin Lee. I said that Kevin Lee should get a pass because uh, Charles Oliveira had him in a, uh, I believe it was a guillotine, yeah. put him put him almost out, and then he kept fighting after he tapped. I said it was because he was almost unconscious. I thought you were right. But Ray Ray totally disagrees with me. Really? <laughs> he goes, he goes, the, and he said, I say this a lot also, I got it from Ray, is, you know, the cage, the ring, it shows who you are. You can't hide who you are in there. So he feels that's who Kevin Lee is. He thinks that the guy's <laughs> delusional where he thinks he still beat Al. He did, you know, he, he's... He hasn't. He doesn't like see the. He, I don't know. Like, there's always an excuse. So there's a. He's trying to get away with some. That's Longo's. Longo goes. And I was telling him. I go, Longo. I've been choked enough where I realize and strangled enough people, where I could see how Kevin Lee did not realize that he tapped. Sure. And Longo goes, Hey, if it was anybody else, I'd agree with you. <laughs> he goes, but not Kevin Lee. He goes, I think that that dude. He, he agrees with uh, Masvidal that the guy was playing it cheap and uh, whatnot. Oh, so okay. I, thought, I thought, hey, listen, I still stand by what I say, but uh, I thought it was an interesting take. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, he struck me as somebody who was just kind of dazed. And again, half the times when guys get knocked out, they, they, they try to go after the referee. You know what I mean? The referee has to kind of – so a lot of times guys come out of something, it seems like they're not in their right head. Um Jimmy, they have to you, tell them what happened. So it doesn't strike me. It does strike me. I think you're right. I still think hey, you're right about Kevin Lee. Did you watch any more of this Tiger King? Are you done with it? I saw the whole thing. All right. I got one more show. I got one more episode left. The guy lost everything. The guy, the guy yeah. took it from him. What a fucking demented show, Jimmy. It's great. It's great. You can't make up these characters on this show, Tiger King. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, uh, Well, little like, cats and kittens. Hey, cats and kittens. Hey, you know what's funny about the Joe Exotic is Longo loves his voice. Longo goes, yeah. man, that guy could sing. He goes, I'm like, what? 
I didn't even thought, like, what are you talking about? Because it was so horrible, the music videos. But he goes, oh, I'm not talking about the songs. I'm talking about the, his voice. Because he's Longo right. Was, yeah. He's right, Matt, but it looks like it wasn't him singing. It looks like that was uh, somebody is now saying that, that, that Joe Exotic was lip syncing. I was heartbroken, but that he wasn't singing. Wait, is that true? I don't know, but that's the rumor. And it, it feels right because the voice is much different. He's a much better singing voice. Yeah, can't, can't talk like that. Yeah, he does, I mean, shit, that's speaking voice. That's exactly right. He doesn't sound good when he talks regular. He sounds no. like yeah, they're going to try to take what I got. And all of a sudden, he's fucking Bing Crosby. It just doesn't make sense. So, yeah, uh, I have a feeling uh, I have a feeling that uh, somebody else sang those, uh, sang those songs. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, Gilbert? Good, bro. How are you guys doing? Dude, congratulations on that amazing fight. I'm one of the biggest fans of Damian Maia. I'm a jiu-jitsu man, Gilbert, as you know. But before that fight, I even said, and Jimmy is my witness, I wouldn't be surprised. I believe you have have a a strong belief in your jiu-jitsu. I wouldn't have been surprised if you tried to take him down. Is that me being crazy or is that something that... I want to hear about your game plan for this fight and then I want to get into that fight because... Fucking amazing! Thank you. For sure, that was a part of the gameplay. I know, I know, my hands were like it's getting sharper, it's getting better. I'm getting more confident, but my hands does get like I say sharper when the guys worry about the takedowns. Then I can see a lot of more punches. So that was part of the gameplay. Like he scrambled out a little bit for a couple positions. He wasn't expecting take him down. That's his jiu-jitsu on the bottom a little bit. And then if he got back up, then I was letting my head goes a little bit. But I, I, I had a game plan to take him down. Were you confident in your ability to be able to get up? We were just talking about that. Because most guys can't get up like that against Damien. And you were able to shoot back up. Were you comfortable knowing you'd be able to get back up if you needed to? Yeah, I did that a couple of times. And the way I like to grapple, I kind of like to mix both. I don't just do uh, wrestling or just jiu-jitsu. I constantly work on the on the transition, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try a sweep. If it's not working, I'm gonna mix with we getting back up. If it's not working, I'm gonna punch you a little bit. I'm gonna try another submission or or anything. Just just kind of mixing and making worry about a lot of things, and then I'll be able or to get back up or to sweep and get a submission. But uh, yeah, I, I was prepared for that. I now when I was watching the fight and I'm watching Damian Maya do his. A regular Damian Maia fight. He got you where he wanted you, and then he had your back with both hooks. And I'm like, shit, man. Gilbert's a great jiu-jitsu guy, but even the greatest... I mean, this dude's rear naked choke is legendary. There's, there was pinpoint um, transitions, and I like this. We were just talking about this, where you were never just trying to get away. You were matching him with jiu-jitsu, and then when he went to play the transitions, then you got up. So my, my the exact... Pretty much exactly what you were saying. When he had your back with the with both hooks, seatbelt, muscle memory on reflex, on instinct, what was going through your head? That was just the instinct. I, first of all, I like to understand what's the guy's system, what he wants to do. And as soon as I, I felt the seatbelt, the, the seat I said, okay, he's not going for a choke right now. I kind of figured right away, okay, he's not going for a choke. Okay, just I, for, I still got to worry about it, but not crazy. But I, I kind of felt that he wants to just pull the hooks. He wants to gather both hooks together by the triangle. 
And as soon as I realized that, I identified that, I said, okay, I'm not going to give you that hook. <laughs> yeah. And then I just get out of the hooks, and I, I felt that he was going to come up to the mount, and then just kind of block with the elbow a little bit, saw that he was coming up, get my leg underneath his legs, and boom, out. But a lot of things happen on those between transition that I didn't feel I, I was like when I fight against a guy like legendary is Demi, I make up a monster and I gotta face a monster. But and I get ready for a monster. But as soon as we start moving, I didn't feel that he was that quick. And I think okay, he might be super strong. And then he got me to a, a double leg and said, Okay, he's not that strong. And then I scramble up. He put me against the cage, and then when he jumped on my back, and I said, okay, he's not that strong, he's not that heavy, too. <laughs> that makes me way more comfortable. And as soon as I escaped from the back and we got back up on my feet, I saw he was, like, super frustrated. I saw his eyes, and, he's, and like, it was empty arena. His corners were so annoying, like, screaming, but so much. That, that was extra. That was, I think that was part of that making him frustrated because they were screaming, okay, now you got a good position. He's not used to that. He never felt that pressure, blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, I've been training a lot of good guys for all my life. Like, relax. And as soon as I was able to escape, his corner kind of froze a little bit. And I saw on his eye, he was so frustrated. I said, okay, now is the time to throw something over his punch. And that's exactly what happened. Gilbert, for the people that aren't familiar with your background as far as with jiu-jitsu and whatnot, did you start with Brazilian jiu-jitsu? That's how I start. Yeah, I started with Brazil. I did a little karate, but I was four four years old to eight. I don't even remember, but I started with jiu-jitsu when I was 11 to 12 years old, and I never stopped. And I started to compete since the beginning. One month I was competing, competing, competing. I never stopped. Again, my black belt 2007. And I, I won the Brazilian national as a black belt, the three times the, the, the world champion, Gui no Gui, the Abu Dhabi pro in Abu Dhabi. So yeah. Yeah, I've been grappling my freaking whole life. So when you were a kid, sorry, Matt, when you were a kid, your father uh, was would fix the customer's car and his payment, it was it was jujitsu lessons yes. for what you and uh, your brothers and sisters, it was just for you? Yeah, me, I got two brothers. I'm the middle one. Get a younger and older brother. That that was it. Like, my, my dad used to work at home fixing the cars on the inside. And a client came in with the gear on the inside. And then we used to, man, play with the whole things, looking for little coins on the seats. And then we find the gear, we start playing with the gear. That's when my dad saw the opportunity. He made that trade. Like, don't pay me. Just let my kids train jiu-jitsu or whatever you teach. And then... And I remember clearly that first day that we went back, my dad said, hey, you guys like it? And he said, yeah, we really, really, really like it a lot, you know? And then he said, okay, make sure you guys are one of the best because I have no money. You guys get three months, like, free membership. After the three months, I don't have money to pay. If you guys do good, I'm going to ask, you know, to keep going the scholarship. Otherwise, you guys are not going to be able to train. And after a month, we get to a tournament. My both brothers won. I lost. Another month, we get to another tournament, and then I did good. I beat the guy that beat me, and then we just never stopped competing. The guy gave us a scholarship, and then I never stopped training. That's well, amazing. You, isn't, that, isn't that crazy how, how your whole life has changed by that one moment? What, what did you want to do when you were young? What did you see yourself doing when you got a little older? Um, I had a lot of energy, and I always, I always get into fights like you know, with my brothers, but I don't know. My mom said I was already training for, for, for the UFC, for MMA, but as soon on the beginning, I didn't like jiu-jitsu that much. I liked to go to the gym because we're kind of playing soccer before we go to train. <laughs> I had a lot of friends, but I liked the tournaments. I liked the competition. Like, yeah, I, I, we get nervous, but as soon as we control a little bit, I like it. I had a lot of <clears throat> tournaments, but at the age of 15 to 16, I know I want to be a, a black belt world champion, so and then I start training. And I never stop. Now, you don't suffer from that problem of some jujitsu guys where phenomenal in jujitsu until they take a punch and then they're like, ah, you know what I mean? So you very extremely well-rounded. If you see your stand-up, they're not going to be like, man, this guy is just stronger standing than on the floor. I look at your game very well-rounded, especially, and, and that got cemented after how you just took care of Damian Maya. My question is, how was the transition into striking? Did you pick that up as quickly as you 
picked up jujitsu? No, wish. I no? Wish. No. Yeah, right. no, it was hard. Uh, so as 2011, I won the jiu-jitsu world champion, and that was a crazy bracket. I did great, and I want to move on. I, that was my dream to be became a jiu-jitsu black belt world champion. But as soon as I conquered that, as soon as I made it, I said, okay, now, okay, I don't want to keep doing that shit. I want to do MMA. And then on the same weekend, met Vito Belfort. And uh, he needs a guy to help with his jiu-jitsu. And I, after the Anderson Silva fight, that was right after, I, I cornered him with, like, I think five or six fights with uh, Yakamoto, uh, Chris Weidman, a couple guys, uh, Michael Bisping, Luke Rockhold. And then he helped with my transition. So I was grappling. And I started doing my jiu-jitsu. And since the beginning, Vitor was the guy who helped me with the punch. And then on the beginning, he said, hey, you have a lot of power. You got to start doing more boxing because I know you have a great jiu-jitsu, but just don't rely on the, on your jiu-jitsu. Make sure you have a good striking. You're going to sit it up, your takedowns and everything. And then after I started training with Vitor, I, I kind of fell in love with the striking too. And on the beginning, it was hard to transition. But I had the guy with so much experience. He helped me out. And then I went help him out of the t- first stuff Brazil. I got a lot of experience that too. And then I just started getting a lot of fights. And then my first four fights, I don't even strike. I just boom, took the guy down, finish. Yeah. My fifth fight, I fought against a jiu-jitsu guy in Brazil. And the guy was tough. And I tried to do it. And I was feeling a little comfortable on the strike. And I tried to kick the guy. And I fall on my back. And the guy tried to come forward, double leg him. And I couldn't finish the guy. That was my first TKO. And after that, after the TKO, I kind of, I kind of fell in love with the punch and everything. Yeah. Like I started putting a lot of energy. Then I got two knockouts: one with the left hook, other one with the right hand. Got to the UFC, but took me a lot of time. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't that easy. Even to beat it too. On the beginning, it wasn't that easy. Taking yeah. like a lot of. I think as of right now. I still feeling for the family, for my two brothers. I had to be the hard worker because they got the thing so easy, and I was struggling. That's that's what made me like train even harder. Hey, I'm I, I you know I'm guilty of the same thing. You know I'm a jujitsu man. I love jujitsu more than anything. Haven't sparred a day since I retired, but I do a jujitsu a, a ton. Uh, but yet. It is. It's almost more rewarding <laughs> when you knock somebody you, out. I know that feeling. When you land that on a chin, like when he, Jimmy always brings up with Frank Trigg, when you <laughs> lay a guy out and you see, like the the, the they just become limp. I know it sounds demented, but wow, do you feel it's powerful, bro, Gilbert? You feel powerful. You feel Shit. powerful. My first knockout on the UFC. You were like standing there, and boom, the guy was. Dead, and then I just walk off like feeling amazing. Say, wow, I like that feeling. That's even cost me a fight because I had that knockout. Then I had another one uppercut. Then I was fighting Dan Hooker. That was a great striker. But I just came from two knockouts, and I said, I don't care. I'm gonna knock that guy out too. And then I lost. That was my last loss. But I learned a lot from that. Oh, dude, I, I I know the feeling, man. I, I after I laid out Trig, I fought Chris Lytle, who's got way better hands I know, than yeah, Chris Lytle. And yes. me and me and Lytle just stood up for 15 minutes. I don't know why the fuck I did that. I must have my <laughs> yeah. That guy's got a way better chin and way better hands than fucking Frank Trig. You know what I mean? But like Gilbert says, when you knock somebody out, Jimmy, yeah, it it feels like you feel like Highlander after they take yes, a yes. I like, feel that. Oh, yeah, I took I took I took something from his soul. Yes, I, I, I get I get a little power from the guy. Well, it's it's again Cormier. We, we we've referenced this a lot, but Cormier said in the Stipe fight, he said that his corner kept yelling for him to go to the ground, and he just got addicted to the feeling of wanting to knock him. He wanted to knock uh, Stipe out, and instead of going to the ground, that and it kind of cost him the fight. Yeah, from that fight, I don't even was looking so much for the knockout, but. I saw the way he was punching, like not like close punch, like so so much space. And then I saw, okay, as soon as I and I get a little on the flow mode. As soon as I saw he was frustrated, he got so relaxed. I played on my feet a little bit. On the beginning, I like he came too much. I say he's punching. Let's see how he's gonna do. I kind of I kind of try to see, try to get the rhythm a little bit. So I let him come forward a little bit and just kind of moving. As soon as we stood up, I say, okay, now I'm not moving them and like. If yeah. you throw that, if you throw the left straight, I'm gonna throw the overhand, 
over. If you throw the jab, I'm gonna throw the left over. Then I just was flowing, kind of waiting. As soon as he throw, he don't even see the punch. Yeah. I just I didn't load up. We're just quickly on the right on the right spot. When, when you dropped him, you didn't immediately. Yeah. You kind of hesitated a second uh, before you jumped on. Did you think he was out, or was that more you didn't want to jump on him and hurt him if you didn't have to? Both. I think he was out. Like I said, empty arena. The way he landed, bro. Oof. And I was like, wow, he's out. And I don't. Uh, if he wasn't, he didn't land that hard. I would keep going. But the way I saw he landed too hard, and I was like, wow, I don't want to. They look at the heifer like I don't want to hurt yeah. the guy, but okay, I gotta go. And I felt bad a little bit, but kind of feels good in the same way. It's just a lot of emotion is going on. Now, Henry, you gave credit to uh, your striking trainer, Henry Hooft, who I love. I think that guy's talk about no nonsense. He's very direct with his yes. corner work, and he doesn't bullshit. If he's not happy, he lets you know. If he's, he, yes. he, he I, I love his corner. He's very stern. But he gets the point across. So you you were saying that he was saying, look, after that jab, no power, just speed with that left hook. Yeah, and, you saw and, you saw the training. Oh yes, training. yes, I love that shit because that proves anybody can say, oh, he told me that. But just like with Masvidal with that flying knee, they showed him and Mike Brown practicing it. You saw Gilbert with uh, Henry Hoof backstage doing the jab and the touch and the go. <clears throat> so I mean, doesn't it? I mean, you must have gave that. I mean, coronavirus or no, you must have gave that guy a big hug after that. I mean, shit. <laughs> for sure, for sure. He's. I love Harry. He's so good on the corner, like a great guy overall. And uh, we do a little defense. We just kind of, if the guy's coming too crazy, you just put the chin down, kind of cross the hands a little bit, and then he's. And I was doing that the day of the fight in the morning. We did a little training. I was just shadow boxing a lot, and I boom, and then. And I throw just just on the shadow box, boom, boom. And then he right there he said, "Hey, if you land that, he's going down. Let's practice a little bit." And then we practice a little bit, and that was crazy because Henry knows so much my game. He knows where he can, you know, he can push a little bit more where he needs to stop a little bit. He was the first guy saying, and the freaking Vito Belfort called me. I was going to the fight. I was the suit ready with the team. He FaceTime, and then I'm like. Let's see, Vitor, and then I told Harry Vitor. Boom, I got the call with Vitor. Hey, he's waiting for your right hand. Believe in your left hook. You're going to knock him out with the left hook. <laughs> for real, he said, don't throw the right hand. He's waiting for it. He might counter you. No, fake, fake, fake defense. And throw the left hook. So both guys said it, but Henry, Henry has said it like all the time. If you land like that, and he's, don't throw power. Just throw like with a lot of speed. He's not going to see it. That was exactly what I did. And what was the difference fighting in front of uh, an empty arena? Did, like you said, you could hear his corner a lot more. Did it affect you in a way that you thought it would? What was the biggest effect of fighting in front of nobody? I think it would, I get way more nervous than, than usually because it was super quiet, silence. I couldn't hear my breath and I'm fucking too nervous to relax a little bit. And then I tried to relax and, and I hear my, my, my heart going. <laughs> and then Harry said something and then I hear and then... Damien was right on the back, and then I could hear his corners, and I'm like, fuck, me, that. It's weird. That was, that was super weird. Then the guy, okay, I'm going to give it the countdown, and you walk in. Then I say, okay, so it might be two minutes. And then after 30 seconds, the guy, hey, get ready, five, four, three. And I'm like, and I start walking, and like, super <laughs> quiet. This thing was weird. It was awkward, and I'm walking, and I'm like, holy shit. And then, I, and then I stop, they give me the blitz, they put the Vaseline. As soon as I start walking on the stairs, boom, Daniel Maya music, he was coming and said, okay, we're fighting. But yeah. I was I was more nervous than usually, I think, because of the silence and listening to it to his corners, trying to concentrate. Uh, it was one of the biggest fights in my life yet, too. My first co-main event against a legend. I think all that play, I got way more nervous. That's why I feel more proud of my performance because that was more nervous than usual, but I think that put me a little bit. That put me. That put me a little bit on the floor. Mucho. I was seeing everything. I was kind of more relaxed. But before I get to the fight, I was way more nervous than, than normal. That's interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. That it's the things that you can hear that you don't normally hear that made it seem almost like a newer experience. Yeah, that was a new experience for sure. That's why I'm. I'm. I'm saying to the UFC, I'm available to April 14. I'll be training. I'll be ready. A lot of. 
they're trying to get a couple of new fights. I know a lot of guys not going to be able to make it, or if they make it, the corner cannot make it. Say, okay, you guys don't have me a fight right now. They say, no, okay, I'm going to see ready until, until the night of the fight. I can make weight. Because they got the experience, they got the whole feeling. It was the first one fighting the empty arena, so I put myself ready, and I, I hope I get a, a place for for the April 18. Now, how are you dealing with this whole situation we're in now, with this whole virus and everything yeah. else? I mean, weird, crazy times, Gilbert. Yeah, you know. know. Yeah. So trying to to take all the precautions, like keep keep my immunity system up. Kids are having online class. They they at home uh, all day at home during the class, and just but I'm not trained, not not changing my routine so much. I make, thank God, last before I went to Brazil, I, I just made a garage gym like, ah. and I put the three bags. I have uh, I have all the mats. I have mats on the walls. People coming training, so we stay clean. But yesterday, I just get like. Almost two hours session with Kamaru, Coach Henry, another wrestler. Good. So we staying ready in case we have a fight. So today we spar hard. So I'm ready. You know, I thank God I wasn't. I don't had to change my routine so much. Besides staying more at home, but it, but I'm I, I'm still active. I'm still training. So Kamaru, uh, there was, there's been some back and forth with. Uh, with uh, Masvidal, and they're both kind of blaming each other that this fight didn't get done. Usman is saying that he put it out there and that Masvidal's team got... Do you know anything about that? Like, what exactly I happened? I know. I know this team, this team are freaking liars. The same thing happened with the with the Tyron Woodley because they, they, they changed that London fight to U.S. They tried to make that one that didn't happen on the, on the 21st. And uh, they offered me Tyron Woodley. And they don't show up on the phone. You want Tyron Woodley? I say, for sure, I want Tyron Woodley. Okay, we're going to get that fight. That was, I fought March 14. That was for March 21st. Like two weeks ago, the card that's supposed to be Leon Edwards against Tyron Woodley in London. They moved to U.S. Right. Leon, Leon Edwards wasn't able to come. And I put myself in there. And then Tyron Woodley gave all the excuses, but he said no to the fight. And after the president spoke, they say, oh, okay, we canceled the fight. And then he posted, lied to all his fans. Oh, I did accept the fight with Gilbert Burns. And no, he declined. He said, no, the guy's too dangerous. The guy just fought great jiu-jitsu. I was training for softball. He gave all the excuses. Oh, shit. Yeah. He gave all, all the excuses. And he said, no, but he lied to, his, to all his fans. Oh, I got the fight with Gilbert Burns. No. And I, I believe so. They do the same thing with, with Kamaru. Kamaru asked the fight. Yesterday, I saw the text with Dana. We made we made a little video with Dana. We just trained two hours for him. Give us, give us a fight, blah, blah, blah. But the the truth is, Masvidal was not training. He wasn't ready. He was fat, going crazy, going out, not training. I get it. Like, a lot of gyms are closed, but... And he has the BMF champ, you know, the BMF. How the BMF going to say no? Oh, I'm not ready. So that's the whole thing. They, The management lies a lot. That was the only thing I don't like those guys because they lie. Just say, hey, I don't have place to train. I'm not in good shape. I'm not going to risk going to a title fight with not being ready. But don't be like, oh, I got the fight. No. Did you ever hear um, Tyrone Woodley's uh, music? Yeah, I did. So bad. Did you? Did you? Did you listen? What about Gilbert? I don't know if you heard it. It goes like this: I'll beat your ass. Wow. I'll beat your ass. That's a big fan. You don't That's like it. it? I don't like it at all, bro. <laughs> I, hear, I hear this one. I hear the other one that he was kind of. Uh, I'm in love with you, but wow, wow. wow. It's so a lot. It's the next LL Cool J. It's like, I need love. But the <laughs> so bad. And then I'm like, man, that guy's not the same no more. He used to be a beast fighting. Oh, I'm on the killer mode. He posting training. And now he like, I don't want to fight Gilbert Burns. I'm like, wow. Is that it would be fight? funny if you fought him, if you walked out to one of his songs. I, that would be, that would really idea. fuck with him. I, I got, a guy told me that, hey, Make sure if you fight him, go walk with his music. I was like, yeah, that might, that might be good. I'm, I'm gonna do that. Gilbert's right though. He did come out with like a love song, yeah. Tyrone Woodley. I didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, oh, he did. I'm I loving it. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm a big fan of the love song. No, tell the, the truth, one, I don't like that. The other one was kind of cool because you know he kept, kinda, he kept saying everywhere he could beat your ass. 
because he goes, I'll beat your ass in real life. I'll beat your ass on TV. And that's all I remember. But the, uh, the love song, so I'm going to listen to that. Wow, they, so bad. So I might, the guys were tweeting to me, I might have here, but wow, so bad. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> it, might grow on you. it might grow on you like a ringworm. You never know. Yeah, that it was so bad. I'm trying to find the name of it as we're talking. Is it not? It's not money. Is it do it for the love? Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, think I like it. I like it. You like it? I, I think it's growing on me. Falling in and out of love, in and out of I don't like the video. I don't like the upper chin shot. I would prefer a different video, but I mean. Gilbert, I think, I think you're doing, uh, a, you're a potential opponent a favor by playing that thing. I think I like it. So you like it, I don't. Okay, I, I respect well, it. It's kind of catchy. I, I know the lyrics now. It's so simple, <laughs> Jimmy. Love it, I love it, you. It's not that easy. He makes it look easy. He does, yeah. Uh, all right, Gilbert, so who, so in your, in an ideal world, you would like Tyron Woodley next, or who's the next? Like, Colby like, was talking about too, right? I like Colby and I like Tyron Woodley. They're, those guys might be running their mouth. They don't. I don't know. I don't know what those guys are doing. But if I could pick, yeah, that would be Colby or Tyron Woodley. I don't even. I had a little more preference for Colby because the way they were talking. But I think I match up with both. So, two that those are two guys that I'm that I have my my focus on, but. I'll be ready, bro. I'm not gonna be all pick and choose. I want this guy. I'm not. I'm not the champion yet. I'm not in that position. But I'm gonna be ready for April 18th. The UFC needs me. I'll, I'll be more than glad to fight. And I, after all that craziness, I'll be trained. I'll be ready. I'll be ready to one of these guys or any top ten. I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to. Fighting. And you didn't take any damage against uh, Maya. No. So you, that, that's one great thing about that fight. You're, you're ready to go fast. Nothing. Didn't get nothing at all. Like. One jab, come on, nothing. Hey, man, he went five rounds versus Anderson Silva. He, uh, Damian Tyron Maia, he went, he went five rounds with the with the former champ, Tyron Woodley. The yeah. four, you know what I mean? Listen, you, uh, you should be very proud. I know you are. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I was, I'm still super impressed. I hope you're Thank on cloud nine. Congrats on your brother's performance in the UFC. My brother, you're a beast. Uh, a beast. Oh, my goodness. I mean, what, that family, there's something in the genes. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, I can't wait to see what's next for you, man. Thank yeah, you. hopefully you, you get you. on that card April 18th, man. We look forward to Me too. I'm excited for that one. All awesome. right. Good talking to you, Gilbert. Thank you. Thanks, guys. man. Thanks for bullshit with us. Take care, man. Take care, brother. Bye. Hey, man, let me tell you, I can't wait to hear what's next with uh, Gilbert, man. I yeah, think Gilbert's I a stud. I love his jujitsu. I love his attitude. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Um, I mean, it's funny that Vitor Belfort called him right before and said fake and use the left. Uh, what a smart bit of advice. Who's got more experience than that guy? You know right. what I mean? I got to take a restroom break. Okay, we'll take a quick break if you have to If you have to go pedal. All right, let me like, text me, man. I got to fucking go bed. I'm All right, we'll talk to you in a minute. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, champ? Yo, what's up, man? How are you? Man, not as relaxed as you, dude. <laughs> Look at you, chilling. 
How are you feeling, man? How are you dealing with this whole fucking coronavirus, man? We're grapplers. We're used to the opposite of social distancing. We're grand, grabbing people, sweating on them. This is weird times, no, Henry? Well, it is. It is, especially because because I have a fight coming up on May 9th. You know, my fight's right after the UFC 249, you know, which was supposed to be Khabib, which I know they can get his ass out of Russia. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and, and go ahead, Jose Aldo. Now, is it still... What did we hear lately? Is the fight know. going you, on? You know more than you probably you <laughs> talk to Uncle David. That you tell me. Hopefully, we'll find out later if he calls in. We're supposed to be talking to him. Well, that one might happen though. You got over a month for that one. I mean, we're not even into April yet. You're May 9th. That 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 fight may happen. They'll find a place for something in May. I, I don't see it being bad enough where you can't fight in May. That that will probably happen. Yeah, they just canceled the what is it? They just canceled the Wimbledon. Is that what it was? The the big one that they haven't that they've been having for like the last hundred years or some crazy thing. And when was just, that? Like today, I saw it on my my news feed. Kind of popped up. They, I don't know. They canceled the big tennis event. I, I don't I don't keep up with it, but uh, it's uh, it's it's gone crazy, man. But at the same time, it's you know. I still gotta, I still gotta feel like I'm fighting. You know, it's even when I'm in camp, I'm in quarantine. So I really, I they caught me. They, I've been caught up in this moment where I don't, I just don't know the difference, man. I go to the gym, I come back, and I stay home, and I go to the gym, and I sleep, and I, it's just back and forth, man. I, so it I don't, hasn't I don't changed much for you. No, not during camp. So when now, I'm not in camp though. You can see me in Cancun sipping up pina coladas. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, what happens if it's not Jose Aldo? So what about some of these other bantamweights? I'm not trying to throw Aljo Sterling's name in the hat. I'm not doing that. He's my guy. I'm going to tell but, you right now, man. So you know why I don't want to fight Aljo Sterling? I want to know why. Because Triple C doesn't mess with Sterling Silver. What? It's all gold for me. Did you ever see that thing around his neck? That yeah, makes him so to, powerful, that, that gold. Yeah, he, he, he needs to take that gold off his damn neck. He's going to rust his neck, dude. He's going to get an infection. I think you should try to snatch it off him. I'm trying to stir the fight. I'm trying to stir the match. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm trying to get no, my money. No, no, man. They're, they're, all, they're all great competitors. Yeah. Like, they're, all, they're all good competitors. And the reason why I chose Jose Aldo, and, you know, I feel like I do have that, that star power to pick somebody at least, man. My last three fights, man. Demetrius Johnson, the greatest, probably the greatest of all time. TJ Dillashaw, greatest Bantamweight of all time. Mom Marais, the number one contender. Man, God, Lee, I just came out of surgery. And Jose Aldo, I felt like he won his last fight. So we got the greatest, we got the greatest flyweight, we got the greatest Bantamweight. Why don't we add the greatest featherweight of all time? And that's Jose Baldwin. And I'm leg, I'm, I'm on a legacy rampage. I'm snatching legacies, man. Aljamain Curling, Aljamain Sterling, and Peter Yon, they're always going to be there. These guys, these guys are not done. I want to, I, I want to say that I fought the best of my generation. Is it also the fact that I'll, uh, that uh, Jose is, you know, as guys are getting a little older, you, you know, you want to, you want to fight them before they decide they might want to step down, and a younger guy, like you're saying, will be there, you know, in a year. Yeah, I think so. But I, dude, me and Jose are actually the same age. He's 33, just like me. He has a little more miles in fighting, right? But, we, but we've been competing. We've we've been competing as long as as long as we can both can remember. So, you know, it, it, he's a bigger draw. He's a bigger name. I grew up watching him, and uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to serve goat on May 9th. Yeah, you also been mentioning uh, Dominic Cruz a little bit, right? I mean, you guys have been going back and forth a little bit on the social media. <laughs> I like it. And let me tell you something. I'm friends with Dominic, but yeah. one more fucking short joke. I got your back with that. I get, I, get, I get that hard. You know what I mean? Oh, every other group gets offended, but all the short people, we can get shit on. I'm sorry. But anyway, so you guys, I think, I mean, Listen, I would love to. Uh, Jose Aldo's a, a legend. I would love to see that fight. You know what I mean? But uh, uh, but you know, Dominic Cruz, uh, he's he, that's a, a future Hall of Famer right there, also. Yeah, but D Dominic Cruz, he also gets hurt a lot. So the only thing that I was afraid of with Dominic, and I had thought about it too, is with Dominic, you just don't know what you what you're gonna get, man. Like he's gonna break a now. He's gonna he's gonna break something that's gonna cause him to pull out of a fight, man. I just I just can't deal with that. Yeah, with all due respect, man. He's just—he's a little brittle. And, brittle. Uh, yeah, this, this is why I never told him to bend the knee. If I also tell Dominic Cruz to bend the knee, I swear to you, man, he'd pop his damn neck out. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
you know, I thought about it once I saw Jose Aldo. Cause that's that was my original plan. My original plan was to fight him and maybe even do it in Arizona and beat him up here in March this month for his birthday, spoil his party. But but then I but then I saw Jose Aldo and uh, and and Marlon Marais fight. I'm just like, man, Jose still got it. I thought he won the fight. I thought he slightly won the fight. I thought he was the aggressor. And I said, you know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> Yeah. And Dominic was pissed, dude. That's the name of the game. Right? Hey, man. Hey, I agree with the obstacles, the names that you took out, those feathers in your cap. I think you deserve to, to choose who you want to choose. Fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Cormier, Cormier freaking defended his heavyweight world title with, uh, who's that? Uh, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Yeah. Why don't you guys give That's him true. some shit? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm fighting a former champ, the greatest featherweight of all time. You know, what? each and every one of whoever doesn't like it, they don't watch it. <laughs> now, what do you think? I asked a bunch of guys about Jose too. One, one of the things I've noticed in the last few years is he's he really is he still throws kicks, but he doesn't kick the way he did earlier in his career. Do you have any idea as to or a theory as to why was did he fall in love with the idea of knocking somebody out or boxing? Or what do you think happened with him? No, I, I think it's probably injury, man. I think he's kicked so long in his life. I think his probably hip is out of whack, or he's got like a pretty bad uh, shin problem because we noticed that too. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does try to kick kick me, which is, you know, which is what you probably do to a wrestler. But I'm also, you know, wrestlers also have good timings and, you know, eventually something will, a takedown will slide in or overhand or, or something along those lines. So, but anyways, that, that's what we think too, because he did stop kicking. That was one of his greatest tools. Yeah. Um, and I noticed it too. But again, some guys are maybe, maybe because they're hurt and other guys just fall in love with, with uh, knocking somebody out, which we talked earlier today with uh, Gilbert Burns about. Sometimes you just fall in love with the idea of knocking somebody out. Well, it's the other thing too is you got to keep in mind too that when you kick, that's a lot of power. And I think he knows his threshold. He knows that he can't keep that duration for so long. So especially if you fight to have bantamweight, I can see him maybe kicking the first round. But other than that, I can also see his tank going down because of the weight cut. So he's probably going to invest probably more in his hands. But I wouldn't be surprised if he kicks. And if he does kick, it's going to probably be first round. So no, I was going to say, now, right now, you're training like a beast. It's kind of business as usual. What do you do to get your mind off of the fighting for a little bit so you don't mentally burn out? Are you, I don't know if you got any hobbies at the house. I mean, are you watching anything on Netflix? Got a new series for me? What are you, what are you doing to get your mind? A whole, lot of, a whole lot of Netflix and chill, people. Yeah. <laughs> you, got yourself, <laughs> you got yourself a, a steady, a steady, a steady uh, partner, a steady lady or no? Yeah, I got a girl now. She's, uh, she's Brazilian or whatnot. But, uh, no, I, I, but just to answer that question, um, man, I, I'm a veteran to competition, man. Like I don't, uh, I, I don't, I, I've been competing my whole life, man. Like even even the day of the fight, like I don't think about the fight or whatnot. I do my job. I'm such a carefree person that once I get to the arenas, when I start thinking about the like the actual fight, all right, it's go time. So I never allow these like nerves to take over my my conscience or my body. And I've always, and I think that's always been a plus of my side. Is that you're able to not let it the uh, the moment kind of uh, overwhelm you, which some guys do. Uh, you could see occasionally, like Alvarez Connor is the a, a shiny example of somebody who I think allowed the moment to kind of affect the way he went about the fight. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't necessarily uh, I, I don't well maybe I guess Alvarez, but I I just thought Connor was just a better fighter. He just understood range. A little bit more, and, and where Eddie and, and the most part was more just brawling and brawling, and he never really, you know, uh, evolved. Where Connor recognized the distance, was composed, and just just used that towards, you know, just used that towards his advantage. But no, there's been other instances. Like I'm gonna mention right now, Jose Aldo Mol uh, Molcano. Did you guys see that fight? Molcano was a little starstruck when he saw yes. Jose Aldo. And I thought what kind of was gonna knock. I thought it was gonna hurt Jose Aldo, but you're right. It's it's the the pressure that kind of comes with it. But I like I said, man, you compete at the highest levels like I did growing up. It's 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 engraved in me. It's something that you accept over over so much time. And there's there's no need. Just go out there and perform.
Have you had that at all? Like where you're, you're fighting somebody like, again, we just said Burns fighting Damien. He, he had this, this, this kind of, uh, he, he was you know, an idol. And then you're standing across from a guy that you've loved for a long time and you have to get over that. Has that happened to you at all, even earlier in your career? Uh, no, no. I, because I've always seen these guys extremely beatable. I think the only guy that I really felt that was, was probably Demetrius. When I was standing across from him, like, holy shit, one night really got me nervous. But it was more of a respecting. It was never like, I've always believed that I could beat him. Like, I, right. like I truly did. Even though he knocked me out the first time, the first thing that came out of my mouth was like, dude, I can still beat this dude. I, I screwed up. You know, so it became more of a challenge rather than, uh, you know, than these idols or whatnot. Like, I've never really... I never really, at least in MMA, saw anybody like that. In wrestling, I did. Because wrestling was just a, a, a more of a... God, it's, it's just more of an elite competition, man. Well, you know that you could lose, man, at any moment to any of these guys. And fighting, you know, you got that, you know, you got that one hit or quitter that can change everything, too. Do you have a... Because you've talked about wanting to be a three-weight champion and uh you you seem like you might be able to pull that off is that something you were just saying or is that something you actually are considering that you want to do i'd like to man i think uh i think maybe we'll see man we'll see what the ufc's thinking i'm a i'm a conqueror man i love to conquer things everything that i've ever done i've conquered and i moved on you know i think alexander volkanovsky we're about the same height you know obviously you got a lot of good guys again man no we got sterling we got Peter Yon and people like that, but San man, when you, when, when, you Hagen, when you have an opportunity where the guy's up away and he's also challenging you too, and you're about the same height, if you're asking me who I, who would I rather fight to make history, give me another belt. I want more gold. I'm a greedy motherfucker, man. <laughs> I'll tell you, and you know what? What's great about that is. I mean, the other guys are equally as dangerous, and I'm not taking nothing against uh, uh, Volkanovski, the champ. I'm just saying, these other guys are just as dangerous. So why not go up and fight, man? I'd love to see that fucking fight. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. That, that's my preference. That's, that would be my preference, man. If that was if if, if the USC gave me a choice to be like, hey, Volkanovski's only a couple inches taller than me, and I'm short as it is. So what do you, what does that say about him? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Let me ask you, because you remind me of, like, the way Wolverine should have been displayed. Uh, he should have been on the screen because he was 5'3 in the comic. Uh, and they said they got fucking tall-ass Hugh Jackman. Yeah. You're, you're, that has something to do with something, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. crazy. Wolverine, I don't know if you're familiar with comics, he has a healing factor. After your fight with Marlon, Marais, you, that first round was fucking brutal, man. I was so worried. I was like, dude, holy fuck. I, I this is He's not going to be able to take much more of this. Totally flipped it on him, beat his fucking ass after that. Yeah. How banged up were you after that fight? After that first round? Were you banged up or do you, are you truly the real Wolverine? You have a fucking healing factor. Oh uh, man, I wish I mean I do have the I do I do recover a lot quicker, but I, I don't even think it's the healing factor. I, I, I could just take a lot of pain, man. I could endure a lot of pain. I'm mentally strong and I could I could withlast some of that. A lot of that stuff is I, I owed you know, I owe to wrestling and whatnot to, you know, the, the train that we've done growing up. So I knew I, my philosophy or the way that I live is like, as long as, long as I'm not dead, if you don't put me out or tap me out, dude, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to find a way to beat you. And that's exactly what I said during that interview. I said, if Mon doesn't knock me out or submit me, I said, this man is in trouble. And also props to, uh, are you still working with Santino DeFranco? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of props in between rounds with, with your coach there because he was definitely he went. I don't know how in sync you guys are in, in a regular sparring sessions and whatnot, but it looked like you guys were right here because when he was telling you, "I want you to," I, I got to watch it again. But the advice he was giving you about getting past the kicking range and the punching and it, it was fucking brilliant. And then the, for you to, it's one thing to give the advice; it's another thing to follow through with it. So you guys, I mean. Tell me about working with him. Is he a, a huge part of your uh, yeah yeah? Success? Santino's Santino's uh, Santino's a big part of my camp. He's a big part of my team. Obviously, he he's he's a he's a spokesman to when it comes to when I fight. And uh, you just you just need smart people like that. People that you trust that can give you advice and that you can go out there and be like, hey, I'm a kamikaze dude. You just tell me you're my leader. If I gotta go in there and die, then that's what I'll do. And that's exactly what he said. He says, hey. 
He said, this is Demetrius Johnson all over again after the first round with Marlon. Yeah. You know, look, Demetrius had sprained my ankle. He hit me right in the peroneal nerve, which numbed my foot, and it, it, it sprained it during the fight. And and I just I just said, so would, he told me what to do. And he said, you got to go in there. You got you to gotta make it a fight. Get into boxing range, and you just got to go in there, man, because you, you can't take too many of those kicks. And I knew that he was right. It was it was about being honest. And it was about winning, and we got the job done. Did anything change for you? You had lost to uh, Johnson and Benavides, and then you've won five straight. Did anything happen after that second loss? Did it shake your confidence at all, or did something you felt you had to change? No, I, I knew I was getting better. Remember, even when I fought Demetrius Johnson, I was only fighting for three years. I never did amateur or anything like that. So when I did fight Demetrius, I knew that I was still growing. I, I, when people would ask me, you know, how, how can you beat this man? I says, I says, time. And a lot of these fights with, with Demetrius Johnson and uh, Benavides, which the, the Benavides one was kind of <laughs> a little screwy. But uh, the one that I really felt to was Demetrius Johnson. That's the one that motivated me to, uh, to go out there and fly, man, to travel the world, kind of be like a, like a Pokemon, you know, going to different parts of the world and, and competing and fighting against other people. I went to Asia. I went to, you know, I went to Brazil. I went to Amsterdam, just everywhere, man. Just on a quest due to on a quest to beat this man. Were you finding little things in every place? Or was there any places you went to where you're like, all right, there's nothing here. I'm gonna cut my trip short and go somewhere else. No, no, you you find something in every little place, man. Every every place has uh, has a great uh everybody everybody from, from Muay Thai to wrestling to jiu-jitsu. It all has good things, but then you all you have to use all these arts and modify them. So they're not they're all good, but they're not all right. Not even wrestling. And I can tell you as a wrestler, but we have to modify and you have to understand and know that yourself. And as crazy as it sounds, what I'm about to say, with all due respect to 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 Matt Serks, I know you're a coach. You're your greatest coach, man. You gotta go in there and you gotta break things down and feel it for yourself. And then you have your leader and you communicate with that leader. And then that's how you get better. Do you have any concerns, any concerns about Jose making weight? Um, is that something that you're or do you, or do you think that faith that he's going to have no problem doing it? Um, I, I don't think I don't think I don't I don't I think he'll make the weight. Will he will he recover is the big question. You know, he know me, man. I, I, I cut I cut weight. I There's been times where I didn't make weight in fighting. And I know though I know the principles of it. I know how you feel right after. So I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a I'm a experienced human being on that side. And now, what did you think of uh, speaking of making weight? Did you feel a little bit for uh, Joseph Benavidez after his last fight? Because uh, his opponent, uh, what's his name? Figure Figure uh, Davidson Figueroa. Yes, he uh, he he looked awesome, but he also missed weight, so it kind of took away a little. From the victory, don't you think? Yeah, two, two and a half pounds is a lot of weight, man. Two and a half pounds is it's 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 not the weight of it; it's the fatigue after cutting two and a half pounds without having water is what will kill you. So nobody really won that fight. Benavides did get knocked out, but Davison didn't win. But you know who won? This man, right? Oh, Triple C! <laughs> the Triple C. The triple first, C, per, the first human. Hey. On planet Earth to defend his title while on the couch. <laughs> yeah, you did tweet out and still uh, after after that fight. And I know you like to Netflix and chill, but uh, <laughs> hey, man, between you, me, and Jimmy, watch out for that Corona pussy. Okay, <laughs> you gotta watch for that shit, man. Who hey, guys? These people aren't beating you, but that shit might. I'm just saying, you know. And and for women, watch out for the Corona cock. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm just throwing that out there. Seriously, it must be weird to date now. I'm a married guy. I don't have these problems. It must yeah. be weird to go out and date nowadays. I'm talking to two single especially gentlemen. Especially now, sure. like, this, may this may change our culture forever, dude. This may change our culture like it shouldn't be forever. People may not even shake hands or hug no more. It might be more of a bow, kind of a Japanese type of thing. It's not going to be you good know? for my jiu-jitsu academies. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, hey guys, guys, I have to spar here in the next 15 minutes. I'm going to be late already. I just All want right. to let you know that uh, I, I got to get out of here, man. I, I, I got I to gotta cook some. I got to cook some goat on May 9th. And that's it, man. It's strictly business for me. Go ahead, right, triples. Good luck, Henry. It's good talking to you. And I'm still looking for uh, Cejudo Shevchenko. That's the fight that I'm really hanging on for. And I'm hoping that does happen. 
Yeah, ironically, she's actually at my gym right now. We're uh, we're tra- we're training. Oh, that's she's, awesome. Yeah, her sister's out here training. Valentina just had surgery, but yeah. she's out yeah. here. Uh, she's out here training with us. So. All right, so, so May 9th, man. I hope the fight goes down. I have a good feeling it will by that point. So good luck, man. It's good talking to you. All right, Henry. All right. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. You guys have a good one. Take care, right. buddy. Be well. All right, champ. Yeah, it's good to see, Matt. This uh, training hasn't been affected. Like, I guess some guys, when they go into a deep camp like that, if, it's, if they're just very insular, maybe he's not even feeling that much of an effectiveness on a training. Man, he's business as usual, and that's the way you got to be when you're triple C. Yeah, I mean, the guy is fucking doing well, and uh, I would love to see what's next for him, man. I think it's very interesting when he's calling out uh, Volkanovski. Yes, Volkanovski. Yeah. That I mean, shit. I mean, it, he's proved that uh, Henry Shahudo's proved that you cannot like doubt the guy. No. You know what I mean? Oh. It's not like, oh man, I wouldn't want to fight. I mean, look what he's done. He's proved yeah. every, he's proved people wrong in his last three fights. I thought he was finished in that Marais fight, and the fact that he he went up winning that fight, it just you know, yeah. The TJ fight was quick, but it was, I mean, TJ was looking like a superhero before. Looked that unbeatable, fight. yeah. And uh, and obviously what he did with uh, Demetrius Johnson, so you can't say enough about Triple C, you know. Yeah. A little cringy, but he he knows that, he but knows. He, he does it on purpose, and uh, a hell of a fighter, man. I can't wait to see what's next with him. Yes. All right. Well, listen, thank you to uh, Henry Cejudo. We're glad we finally got him. And of course, Gilbert Burns. And um, let's, uh, you know, we'll talk in a few days and hopefully things will be a little bit brighter. Well, are we going to be talking more today with Dana? We don't that... know. Oh, so we'll do I'm just signing off. Let's do a sign off in case we don't get him. Yeah. So let's, let's do that over. Let's ready take two. All right, Jimmy, that was a great chat with Henry Cejudo. Yeah, I'm glad we finally got him. He's hard to pin down. He's busy. And uh, we got him. We had Gilbert Burns. Uh, hopefully Gilbert can get on that April 18th card if that happens. And I think that Henry's card will happen May 9th. So uh, listen, we will, uh, I guess, touch base in a few days. And uh, hopefully things will be a little bit better. You know what, Jimmy? I miss you. And, yeah, I miss uh, you too, man. And hopefully these fights happen. And hopefully I get on um, Twitch soon. Yeah. Because God knows I'm wrapping, I'm, I'm getting those wrapped to dinners. And uh, you know what's in my head now? That song, not the I beat your ass, but I got I might have a new favorite song. The other love song he's doing. I'm falling in and out of love, in and out of love with you. Falling in and out of love, in and out of love with you. Falling in and out of love, in and out of love with you. Falling in and out of love, in and out of love with you. I can keep going. More? I will hold on. Do it in a second. I, I have there's a red button on Skype that I have to hit. I have to Falling check something. In and out of love, in and out of love with you. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.